The following audio is from Crossroads Church, a church in Lincoln, Nebraska, centered around building genuine community through authentic faith. More info can be found at lincolncrossroads.com. Well, this is week three of our our series on worship, and and Sean talked the first week about, if you remember, kind of about that personal, intimate time with Jesus. So just kind of creating that space, making room in your day to individually spend time worshiping Jesus, right? Nod your head if you were here and you heard that one. Uh, Last week, he talked a little bit more about the corporate setting and kind of like, why do we sing songs? And that songs in and of themselves are not necessarily worship, but they are vehicles for us to give God our praise, right? And um, he used a verse, Sean used John 4, verse 23, and I'm going to use it again this morning. And it says, um, but the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. And so I don't know about you, but when I read a verse that says God's looking for something, like I want him to find it in me. Like I don't even, it doesn't even matter what it is, but like I want him to find that in me. And so this morning, um, the definition I'm going to use for worship is this, and it's an expression of reverence or adoration. Because we can think reverent thoughts and we can feel adoring feelings towards God, but I believe worship is an action. It's something that we do. It's something that we demonstrate. And so just so you know what my heart is, anytime um, I'm up here, my heart is that no matter where any of us is in our walk with the Lord, is that we would just take one step closer. Okay, so whether you um, have never been to church before or you've been to all church all the time your entire lives, I want us to all take one step closer to Jesus. But I am a really practical person and I like to have measurables, right? I like to give you things that you can measure. But I feel like in this area of worship, it's not super measurable, right? So it's just so you know, if in my mind, it's not like if you worship like with your hands right here today that like by the end of the day, maybe they'll be here. (laughs) Okay. Or that maybe by the end of the day, you'll be like in the full surrender. Okay. That's not my goal today. Um, But I like to, you know, how do we measure something like uh, worship? So I don't, um, I thought about making like a scale, you know, like Sean does this a lot too, you know, but maybe like if this was zero and zero is I've never heard anything about Jesus. I've never heard that name before. And a hundred is I'm in heaven for all eternity worshiping Jesus. Like, hey, maybe we all just need to take like one step in that direction. Wherever we're at today, let's take one step. Well, I feel like that this feels kind of like a timeline, right? And we all know timelines don't move backwards, they only move forwards. So to use a scale like this would imply that once I've taken this step forward, that I'm good, that I've got it figured out, and I'm only going to continue to move forward from here. And all that not knowing how to worship is is in the past, right? And I just don't think that's accurate. I think that this is an area that we will constantly be growing and constantly be tweaking and constantly be learning in. So I didn't like this illustration, okay? And then I thought about these steps. I thought about, well, if we all want to just like take a step closer to God, right, no matter where we're at, that as we learn and grow and worship and learn what it means to worship in spirit and truth, that we just like take one step. 
wherever we're at, we would just take that next step. And then I was like, well, this kind of feels like a ladder, right? Like I'm climbing the ladder, like, well, I'm on this rung, you're on that one. You know, like I've got this figured out. And I didn't like this illustration for that reason, but also because I feel like when we grow in the area of worship, that we actually get lower. Because we recognize who God really is, we see ourselves in the light of who he is, and we posture ourselves from a place of humility. So I didn't like the ladder illustration or the stair illustration because it felt like, I don't know, we were climbing the ladder or something. So as I thought about it, though, I, I realized that growth in the area of worship is less about where we are on a growth chart or a scale and more about the level of comfortability we have in expressing our reverence or adoration to God. I'm going to say it again because that was really long and I need to hear it again. Okay, I realize growth in the area of worship is less about where I am on a growth chart or scale and more about the level of comfortability I have in expressing my reverence or, uh, or adoration for God. And then it dawned on me, I have the perfect picture. I have the perfect illustration for you. It's not, oh, 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 not yet. I haven't, I haven't fully set it up yet, guys. Now you know what's coming. Okay, you're going to have to rewind it, start over. I do have a perfect picture for, for you. I'm going to show you this video. Now you know. Now you know, it's not as funny anymore. Uh, but just so we're clear, when I say I want us to all move a step closer to the Lord today in this message, what, uh, I really want us to move st a step closer to that love, being more comfortable expressing that adoration and reverence to God. And what I really mean is I do want us to move a step closer to worshiping like this. <laughs> it's so good, right? It's so good, right? Could you watch that all day? We've watched, we've watched that. Sometimes we go on these kicks where we'll just watch it like 11 times in a row, but it's so good. I love this video for so many reasons, but one of the reasons I love it is how comfortable Faye is in expressing that adoration of banana bread right? You can see it in her posture. She's very relaxed. I had the boys bring my uh, somewhat dirty, gross-looking uh, porch chairs out here because, you know, I wanted to kind of recreate this moment, but she looks so comfortable in that chair, doesn't she? She's so relaxed. Uh, she doesn't care about the fact that she's in her pajamas or that her hair has not been combed. She doesn't care. Uh, she doesn't care who can hear her singing or if she sings the right notes or if her words rhyme, she just cares about banana bread. She said it. And you know, nothing was going to stop her from opening her heart out and pouring out that love and adoration of banana bread. That's good, right? It's better than a scale and it's better than stairs. Wouldn't you agree? So this really is the direction I'm hoping we're going today because I want us to come closer to this position of complete comfort 
and, and peace and being relaxed and, and comfortable enough to express our worship on a much more worthy subject. I, listen, I love banana bread as much as the next guy. But I'm, this morning, I'm not talking about banana bread. I'm talking about expressing our reverence and adoration for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the creator of the world and the lover of my soul. He's so much more worthy of expressing that adoration. But friends, when was the last time you worshiped God like that? Where you just came truly as you are, you didn't try to hide your stuff or the fact that you didn't have everything all together, where you were just able to sing about all the things that you love and care about Jesus and you just had to shout it from the rooftops. When was the last time we worshiped God like that? I hope it was this morning. I mean, I hope, I do. I hope it was 10 minutes ago. But for a lot of us, unfortunately, there's times in our lives where we're just not regularly in a place of comfort to be able to express that to God, whether it's in our own quiet time or when we're here at church, um, corporately worshiping. And so I think a lot of times things tend to hold us back from just being comfortable to express it. And so today I want to talk about what are those things that tend to hold us back? How do we recognize them and how do we get rid of them in order to worship God in spirit and in truth? The first thing that holds us back is pride. And pride masks pride it masks itself in different ways. When we usually when we think of pride, we think of arrogance, right? And in this area, you know, I think it's, it's the attitude of, I don't need that worship feely stuff. I ain't going to cry in here. I ain't going to shout how much I love Jesus, not in front of all these people. I'm not going to make it look like I need Jesus. Friends, sometimes this stems um, from, uh, when I say pride and, and arrogance, Sometimes we really have those types of attitudes, but sometimes it comes from a, a good place where we're like, no, I'm, I'm good though. Like I'm good. Like, I, like I, I had a good week. Like I'm fine. Like I don't, I don't need to like cry out to God this morning. Like I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So it's not always like, dun, 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 I don't need Jesus, but sometimes it's just like, no, I'm good. And then the other way that pride will show itself up is, is through insecurity. So, you know, when Rachel... When Rachel does that like freestyling thing up here in the middle of a song, yeah, it's good. But like, ain't no way I'm gonna do that. Like, what if I sing the wrong note? What if my words don't rhyme? Or, or when they invite people to come forward for prayer, like if I go up for prayer, then people are gonna think my life is a mess. So like, we, like I'm good. And the way that pride keeps us from worshiping in spirit and in truth is that it changes our posture. So I love that video of Faye. You know, she's really comfortable in the space that she's in. She's so free. She's free with her hands. She's, uh, she's, she's comfortable in the space that she's in. She's confident until right at that last second, if you notice, she noticed, it's like it dawns on her that somebody is watching and she finishes that last note, and then she's like, her posture changed. 
And so sometimes um, our posture, when we, we think, I'm good, I don't even need this, we kind of puff ourselves up. But then other times out of insecurity, we just, we bristle and our guard goes up. And this is not comfortable. And pride prevents us from worshiping in spirit and in truth because it changes our posture. And when pride is there, it keeps us from bowing low. So that's the first thing that holds us back. The second thing that holds us back is shame. And shame says, you know what? I can't worship God after what I've done this week. After what I did again after saying I wasn't going to do it again how I failed. And all those people that know that I've struggled in this area, if I come in here and worship, like they're all going to think I'm a hypocrite. Shame prevents us from authenticity and comfortability in God's presence. It says, I can't worship until I've gotten dressed up, brushed my hair, I have no wor business worshiping in this state. And so where pride changes our posture Shame covers up. And it does it, shame does it in a couple different ways. Sometimes shame covers up by literally covering up. Like, I'm gonna get myself nice and put together so that people think I have it put together so that I can hide what's really going on on the inside. It covers up in that way. Another way that shame covers up is shame's like, I think I'll just, I think I'll just worship from home. If I'm not there, then nobody can see through my cover-up and to see what's really going on. And it's not just about the clothes that you wear to church, okay? Everybody who's a little bit dressed up in this room is not dressed up because they're full of shame, okay? And everybody who's watching online today, we love you online watchers, but everybody who's watching online today, it's not because they're full of of shame, okay? It's not about getting dressed up, although I prefer if we weren't like the pajama church. Um, it's not about that. It's about shame tr makes us try to hide or cover up our failures because we don't want God or the people around us to see what we really look like. So pride changes our posture. Shame covers up and the third thing that often holds us back from worshiping in spirit and truth is unforgiveness. Uh, Aubrey asked me this week, what's your favorite thing to preach on? And I said, well, my favorite thing and my least favorite thing to preach on is unforgiveness. Because as soon as I say that word, some of us have some grudges on that we are, grudges that we are holding on to with a white knuckle grip. And frankly, we don't want to hear about it again. But it's also my favorite thing to talk on because I have seen firsthand in my own life the freedom and the peace that come from living a life of being unoffendable and refusing to hold on to a grudge. Like I've seen the fruit of forgiveness in my own life, and so I'm going to talk about it until I die because God has been good enough to forgive me, and I need to extend it to others. But where pride changes posture, shame covers up, unforgiveness silences our voice. And here's what I mean by that. 
There's a story in Mark 11, and I don't know if I've shared it recently, maybe Sean has shared it recently, where Jesus is walking, he's hungry, and he walks by this fig tree, and the fig tree, he's so hungry, he's like, oh, there's a fig tree, he goes over to the fig tree, and there's no fruit on it, and Jesus was hungry, and so he just was like, curse you, fig tree, you're never going to bear fruit again. How many of you have ever been hungry enough to be like, curse everybody and everything? (laughs) Okay, I have yesterday. But so Jesus says, curse you fig tree, you're never going to bear fruit again. So then the next day is with the disciples, they're walking by and the disciples are like, Jesus, look at that tree. It's dead. And Jesus is like, I know. And guess what? You can do that too. Like the words that you speak, you can do that. As a matter of fact, you can do more than that. You can say to that mountain, move, and it will move. Jesus is like, you can say that with your voice. You can say that and it'll happen. But before you do, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So you can pray, you can speak it, you can ask God for anything, but before you do, forgive. Then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, he says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come to offer your gift. So friends, the forgiveness happens before the prayer. The forgiveness happens before the offering of praise because forgiveness, because unforgiveness silences our voice. So these things, these things that hold us back, what do they have in common? Pride, shame, unforgiveness. They all stem from lies. And what do we do with a lie? We replace it with the truth, right? So pride, pride comes from the lie that says, I don't need God. We wouldn't necessarily say it out loud in those words, but we sure act like it sometimes. The truth is, let's replace that lie with truth, though. The truth is, John uh, 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who abides in me while I abide in him produces much fruit, because apart from me, you can do nothing. So as this lie of pride begins to come up in our lives, you know, again, it might take the form of arrogance, like I'm good, where, you know, we puff ourselves up, I'm good, I don't need that. Some of us in this room need to hear, you know what, apart from God, you can't do anything. We need to hear that. We need to repent of that attitude that says, I'm good. God, I'm good. Because apart from him, we can't do nothing. And, And we need to remember that, Like, I need Jesus as much today as I did on that first day that I gave my life to him, right? Like, I need him as much on my worst day as I do on my best day because I can do nothing without him. If if you struggle in the area of pride, but it's more from insecurity, like I'm just not good enough, like I just don't have my my stuff together yet, then, then take heart, rest, In this truth that says, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. 
You know what I hear when I hear that? Jesus doesn't expect me to. He doesn't expect me to be good on my own. He expects me to abide in him. So all that striving to get it all together, stop it. All that puffing ourselves up to be good enough, we got to stop it. All that holding in those God-given emotions that he created, all that holding that in so as not to be vulnerable before God and before the people around us, we got to stop it. We want to be comfortable in the presence of Jesus to worship him with our whole heart, with our mind, our will and emotions. And we can't do it if we're believing the lie that says that we don't need him. Shame is the lie that says I have to clean myself up before coming to God. The truth is he doesn't want us to get rid of our stuff. He wants us to give it to him. Psalm chapter 32, David writes, when I kept silent, this is verse one, when I kept silent, I lied, it's verse three. Uh, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So David says, when I kept silent about my sin, when I tried to cover it up, my bones were literally wasting away. He was in torment. Verse five, he said, then I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. It says he was in torment when he tried to hold it all in, but as soon as he confessed it, his sin and his guilt were gone. Friend, are you walking in shame today? Trying to cover some stuff up? Can I just tell you? He already sees it. He already sees it. He already sees you. He's longing to carry that for you. We just got to give it to him. We got to confess it. Listen, shame, some of us are walking in shame from things that we did a year ago or five years ago or 10 or 20, decisions that we made decades ago, we're still walking in shame. And can I just tell you this morning, if you have confessed that decision and that choice that you made, that sin that you committed, if you have confessed it to God, you're forgiven. So some of us are walking around in shame that like doesn't make any sense because Jesus is like, what do you have to be ashamed of? Like, like I've already forgiven that. So if that's you today, ask God to help you understand what his forgiveness really means. Ask God to help you realize the freedom that you really do have that you can walk in. But some of us are are walking in shame because like we really do have sin that we need to confess. And if that's you today, I just encourage you, just confess it. 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And just like David, that weight that you're carrying, that inner turmoil that you're feeling, when you confess it and he forgives you, it's gone. So if that's you today and you have a sin that you need to confess, do it. Don't wait. Then unforgiveness. I think there's a lot of lies that we believe about unforgiveness. But I think the one that holds us back the most from our worship is the lie that forgiveness is an option for the believer in Christ. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 4, the, the heading at the top of this part of the chapter is living as children of the light. In verse 17, he says, with the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. If you're a follower of Jesus today, I believe he would say to you, don't live like the people that don't know me. They're hopelessly confused. They've closed their minds. They've hardened their hearts. But that is not what you've learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus, get rid of all bitterness. What is bitterness? It's the fruit that grows on the tree of unforgiveness. It's that feeling that comes up every time that person that hurt you gets mentioned. It's that pit that comes into the pit of your stomach or that anger that immediately rises when you see one of their posts on social media or you hear their name. Paul says, get rid of it, all of it. And can I just be real this morning? I just felt like the Holy Spirit gave me this this morning. That grudge, that offense that you're holding on to is not the exception to the rule. It might feel like it should be. But some of us need to hear that from the Holy Spirit today. That thing that you are holding on to it's not the exception to the rule. So when the Bible says get rid of it all, we got to get rid of it all because there's no room for unforgiveness in the heart of a follower of Christ. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy, right? Nobody from this stage will say, will tell you it's going to be easy but the Bible says it's necessary. So this morning, I hope that we can listen to the Holy Spirit, what he might be saying to us. So what do we do though? Like, what if I'm not like 
here? What if I'm, what if I'm not like in that place of, of comfortability to be able to express that to God? What if I know that I deal with this pride or I do deal with shame or I, I deal with unforgiveness? Like, what do I do then? Like, I, like you're telling me I can't just, I shouldn't like cover my stuff up. Does that mean I don't come to worship until I got it put together? No, we come in faith. And this is, the, this is the beauty of the heart of our Father because um, He sees us. Like He sees our stuff. He sees it all. And He still invites us to come. But He guards us. He warns us to come in humility. To come in faith. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells the Pharisee, or the the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In um, Luke 18, verse 9, it starts with, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. I'm sure he wasn't taught. None of us fit that category. But I'll read it anyway. Jesus tells this story of of a Pharisee that comes in. He comes into church and he goes to the front of the room and he, he stands with his arms up and he's like, God, I thank you. Thank you that I've got it all figured out. Thank you. You know I tithe. You know I give to the poor. Thank you, Lord, that I'm nothing like that guy. And that guy, the, that guy was a tax collector who came in and, and the, the verse says he came in from a distance, he stood from a distance. So I picture him like at the back door of the church, like not, I'm not even worthy enough to sit in one of the pews. Like he just walks in the door and says he stood at a distance beating his chest saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth. That's the man that left today justified. And so we don't have to wait till we have it all figured out to come to this place where where we're relaxed and we're comfortable to express. Remember, it's an action to express our adoration and our reverence for God. We don't have to have it all together, but we can come in humility. But when we, when we find that we're not in this place of comfort, when we find that this is uncomfortable, it's just uncomfortable for me to try to express that to God. Chances are one of these lies has crept in. And we need to recognize the lie and we need to replace it with the truth. Because like we said, it's not about a scale, right? But the goal is for us to be constantly on alert for what has crept in. God, what in my life right now is keeping me, is holding me back from really, truly expressing my love for you, for being, what's holding me back from being vulnerable in your presence in my living room or in a corporate setting of worship? Like, what is it? The goal is to be constantly recognizing those lies. And so I think this morning for us, it's not about us finding out where we lie on a scale of one to 10, but I think what would be 
important for us is that maybe when we start a worship service is to just check our heart. When I come to this place of worship, and it's time, it's whether I'm in my personal quiet time or I'm here at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning, I think the first thing we want to do is check our posture. Let's just do that together this morning. Would you just close your eyes with me these last couple minutes? I want you to just think about your posture. Remember, we want to grow, right? We want to just take that one step closer to Jesus. So I, can, I just want you to know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if your posture or your, your clothes or your voice is somehow um, not quite right today, there's no condemnation. But Jesus wants us to have victory. He wants us to have freedom. And so as we reflect on our own lives this morning, do not let the enemy throw condemnation at you, but let the loving um, heart surgeon that God is, let him do some work on your heart this morning. So we check our posture. We ask the Lord, God, what areas, in what areas of my life am I believing the lie that I can do it on my own, that I don't need you? In what areas am I walking in insecurity and refusing to be vulnerable before you or in the presence of my church family? And ask him to forgive you. Is there pride there? Am I puffing myself up? Am I guarded? Is there pride that's preventing me from bowing low in reverence? of Jesus. So we check our posture and then we check our outfit. Listen, am I trying to cover any, anything up? Am I waiting to come into God's presence until I've cleaned myself up? Or maybe you don't come into his presence hardly at all. Is there shame that I'm carrying around for a sin that God's already forgiven me of? Or is there a sin in my life? Is there an area that I have fallen short and I have done what I know I shouldn't have done? Then this morning, we need to repent. We need to ask God to help us believe the truth that we are forgiven and we are free ask him to help you and then lastly as we are here with our eyes closed as we're asking the Lord to help us because we God we we really want to worship you like I think everybody in this room would say I do want to worship God in spirit and in truth but we need to check our voice and ask God is there an offense on my part or the part of, of, of one of my brothers or sisters that I need to take care of before I bring an offering of praise. And listen, if there is, we need to first ask God, I need to ask God to forgive me for being unforgiving. And then I ask him to help me forgive other people. Listen, we don't have to have it all figured out. We're not going to have it all together because it's a lifelong process. You can open your eyes. Uh, but one of the, I said that I have a lot of funny or a lot of favorite things about this video, and I do all of it. But 
One of my favorite things is when Faith stops in the middle of a song to like fact check. You know, she's like, I love banana bread so much. We ate it yesterday, but wait, did we? You know, or she's like, I love it. It's my favorite, but is it? And so I think when we come into worship, whether we're not always there all the time, we don't always have all these areas together all the time, like that's okay. And it's not, it's not fake, it's faith. Have you ever had to tell yourself something over and over again, like until you really believed what it was? Have you noticed that sometimes in our songs that we sing, sometimes they're like, God, you are so good. But then other times they're just like, God is so good. And it's like, are we singing this to God? Or are we like telling each other? Well, I think sometimes we're saying it in faith and we can believe it, but we can still have questions. So it's not fake to come in here and, and, and say, God, you're so good. But I still struggle with this area that I didn't see your goodness this week. Or like, I love you. I love you with my whole heart. You're my favorite thing. But like, I still have these questions. And so we come, again, that's a beauty. God sees it all. He sees all our stuff, and he still invites us to come in humility, in authenticity, and with the desire to grow. And I believe that it's the humility, it's the authenticity, it's the vulnerability that opens the door for us to be comfortable, to worship in spirit and in truth. We can't worship in truth when we're believing lies. So we come with that authenticity. We come in humility. We ask God to help us. We constantly are tweaking and constantly growing. And he meets with us. And we do it in faith. And we do it in trust in his word. That he's good and he's going to show up. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. God, that you are a good father, that you do meet with us where we're at. But God, I believe that you have better things for us than where we are today. God, you have so much growth that you want for us, so much freedom that you want us to experience in this area, of, in all the areas, God, but in this area of worship. I just believe that you have so much freedom for us to grow in and to experience. So this morning, we open our hearts to you and say, do whatever work you need to do in us, whatever it is. Whether we're believing the lie of pride that says we can do it on our own, the lie of, of shame that says we gotta get ourselves cleaned up before coming, or the lie of unforgiveness that says forgiveness is an option. Lord, whatever it is, would you speak to our hearts this morning as we worship you? I pray that we would grow one step closer to that place of worshiping you in spirit and truth. In Jesus' name. We're just going to take a couple minutes to worship Jesus again today. And I just invite you 
to do what you need to do to be comfortable in his presence, okay? Some of you might just want to sit and contemplate the words of the song or talk to Jesus about one of these areas of your life. Some of you might need to come kneel at the altar. Some of you uh, might just need to cry out to the Lord for some forgiveness. Whatever it is, let's not like get our brain space already moved on to the next thing of the day, but like let's take a few minutes and just ask God, like, how can I grow in this area? In what way can I do better and grow in my expression of adoration to you? Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Crossroads Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Crossroads, please visit lincolncrossroads.com.